shot. That town's gonna suck you up and spit you out. You ain't gonna have a pot to piss in. Don't come back to me for a job. You all made your bed. Now sleep in it. Welcome back to Queer Horror Cult. We're back. Again. This wasn't just a one-off. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 trying. Yeah. We're here. Um, I'm Aria. And I'm Lori. And uh Yeah, it's it's finally nice outside, so we'll see how long this lasts because <laughs> uh it was really easy to just sit inside and watch movies when it was rain twenty four seven or is highs true. of fourteen degrees. That's a really good point. Yeah. Ah, I know. I know I won't have a problem. Yeah. I just do that anyway. Right. Even if we were doing a podcast, I'd be sitting on my ass watching dumb movies all day. Exactly. So Pride Month is coming to a close, which means discourse is coming to a close. Yeah, I know. Like when you said that, I was, I I had to like restrain myself from just reflexively going, thank God. It's, it's, I always feel so conflicted. I know. Because I get the importance yeah, I, I don't imagine it not being important within my lifetime. Um, that being said. Time, especially post-pandemic where everything's been, uh, not even post-pandemic, post the pandemic starting up yes. and putting everything online. I feel like a uh, internet brain has just like, it's really gotten its roots in and it's, it's odd. <laughs> it's weird. And I just find it exhausting. So yep. I disengage. Pretty much. Yeah. One thing that I, I did do to quote unquote celebrate is I decided this month I'm only watching movies that have something queer about them. So thank God in the zero hour, our middle movie had like two girls kissing for like five seconds. <laughs> right. So it's like, okay, it counts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, except just like, oh no, did I blow it already? Even if that had been the case, I'd say you had a pretty good run. Yeah, I had a good run. I, it actually applies here as opposed to when I say that about my real life. Right. Uh, shit. Uh, this week we're doing an episode that we've, I think it was in the original batch of ideas, or pretty close to it. We've just never gotten around to it. Just keep bumping it for other stuff. Yeah, it was, it was, you're like, what if we did, like, Hollywood hell Yeah, Hollywood hell, yeah. I think that's very fitting, given, I don't know, from my perspective, whenever I see L.A. depicted in movies, because, yeah, all three of these movies are set in L.A. Yes. I find the whole thing a hellscape in terms of how it's presented in movies. (laughs) Like, even yeah. movies that glamorize it, I look at it, it's like, that looks like hell. Why would I live there? Is, like, immediately where, <laughs> where I think. I'm sure there's obviously nice things about it because people live there. Yeah. But it's, like, one of those things that movies just make it look not good. It's true. I'm one of those people who's, like, who sees it. I'm, like, I'm different. I could stay sane there. I bet I could. <laughs> Which means I probably couldn't. Yeah, as, a, as an avid public transit fan... Just seeing that sprawl and like those freeways, that that is an existential crisis yes. right there. Plus, you know, you can't even do public transit. We've all seen the the documentary Speed, starring Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, have you seen Speed? I was gonna say I have not, in fact, 
Unlike um, all, what did you? She like you know as, as we've all seen the document. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not. We all. <laughs> Although you did, we did watch a Keanu movie this week, so let's start with that. That's true. It was the first yeah, one. Yeah. Although, hold on, I, I think it's ridiculous to call it a Keanu movie, because who in their right mind would think in the pantheon of, of Keanu Reeves movies, it's like, ah, yes, this one. This one was right up there with, like, John Wick. Yeah. Pretty iconic. That iconic. It, it's dare like I say, it might even be up there with The Matrix? Probably is. Probably. Not up there with Bill and Ted, because nothing no, is. No, that is true. This movie is not about being uh, excellent to one another. It's literally the opposite yes. of that. Uh, what did we watch? We watched 2016's The Neon Demon. I guess we should, I should say we rewatched it. Yeah. I guess it was all rewatches this week. All the stuff that I had only seen once before. And it had been a few years. Neon Demon, what have we got with this one? Um, in this one, we have Elle Fanning as this like 16-year-old who shows up in LA to break into the modeling world. She's... Not, I was gonna say she's orphaned, but it's, it's more like she she uh, she doesn't have a family anymore. I think right. it's kind of ambiguous, and shows up, and uh, a lot of people are, are mesmerized by her beauty, and mm-hmm. it uh, she she gets a little bit of the like Jenny Schechter thing going on throughout, <laughs> and. <laughs> I wouldn't have made that comparison. Oh, like glad you down did. to the fact of being at like like in L.A. Hollywood, yeah. Like, she, she totally Jenny Schechter's it, and oh is voiced by her own hubris a little bit. I think it takes her a long time to buy into it. Like, she spends a lot of the movie just being, like, that sort of... Like, oh, like, who, me? I'm too innocent, or, or like, there's a scene that specifically shows that switch being mm-hmm. flipped, for sure. Yeah, like, oh, I'm just this, like, 16-year-old virgin from Georgia or wherever. I kind of yeah, don't know what you're much. talking about. I'm too innocent. And then quickly realizes yeah. that she's hot shit because everyone's treating her. Well, not everyone. I guess everyone is in the sense that some of them are have like very like are gr- absolutely green with envy and are assholes about That's, it. Yeah, but then that's it's, what I was gonna say. The people that treat her bad is still it's still because she's put hot her on shit. That pedestal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's jealousy. They want yeah. what she has. So uh, this is also a hard topic to do because I am firmly not involved in show business in any extent so <laughs> nor have i ever been so it's like i wonder how accurate this is because well i guess feels like yeah because i was gonna say i i never made it up to like like i've done a few like as a photographer i've done the odd like test shoot with an agency model but that's been oh, like here and there it hasn't been in like a studio or anything it's been very like hey do you have any new faces and i'll like meet up with them and take pictures of them outside <laughs> Was was that how uh, the Iceland? Yeah, one yeah, that girl happened? that. Um, okay, so I guess then my extent is I've been the person who uh, called the reflector, holds a reflector, <laughs> and tells tourists trying to get up in our grill to fuck off. <laughs> well, um, so the one thing that made me kind of laugh is I now because it opens with her doing this photo shoot where she is, she has like her throat slit or something like she, it's one of those like dead glamorous looks like she was just murdered like a crime scene but make yeah. it fashion and yeah. it's set up with these like expensive light so it, it really seemed like they were going for a very kind of glam thing but then it's made very clear when she talks to the agent about like yeah do something a little less amateur we need to get you like a real portfolio and so yeah i think mind you i think that the 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 lights and everything that they, that was more of the like aesthetic and like the the kind of general like director's like thing because right. so well, the thing that it first made me think of 
was um, in like late 2000s, early 2010s, there was this thing where I, I remember somebody talking about um, a model who they're like, yeah, you know, she started out doing like, you know, those photo shoots where you'd be naked in a bathtub full of milk and like Lucky Charms. And now she's on the cover of this magazine. And so, yeah, this idea. Yeah, as, as we all know. I, that, that I know. Right? But then, then when they said that, I was like, oh, they're totally right. Like that totally is a thing. Like there are these just these kind of like archetypal kind of shoots where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this because I'm getting into this. And then you realize it's like how amateur that is, but at the same time, it's almost like right. a rite of passage. It's like, you kind of have to do that. It's a, it's a rite of passage to model for a splashing magazine. <laughs> and I guess this was more alt models. Cause I think this was talking about um, that model, like Mosh or Miss Mosh. She was really, I, I, she I broke into the scene. Like I was still in high school and um, now she's been in like, she's modeled for like D. Devontese's like lingerie brand. She's been in, I want to say like a pink music video and stuff okay. so she's got she's broken like well, way more mainstream but started out very like alts you know cover of like what was that magazine bizarre or something i don't know one of those ones where like you could get it at barnes and noble but it was behind the counter and you had to ask for it kind of thing and but yeah there were sort of like certain kind of like th- things where yeah if you were starting out and especially in like you know we where we live we there are a couple of a- agencies for if you want to get into modeling, some of them are just basically scams that will say like, oh yeah, we'll make you a model. You just have to like pay for our classes. You have to pay us to get our photographer to make you a portfolio. You have to pay us to host us on host you on our website. And then, yeah, we're representing you. You're totally a model. You're totally going to get jobs from this versus... I think I know the place you're talking about because <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a while there where you'd point it out every time we passed it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I still drive by where their office used to be and I'm just like, huh, look who's not there anymore. Oh, used to. Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, they're half legit in the sense that I knew somebody who actually was like had was a marketable model. Like I think she was like 5'9 or 5'10, the right kind of build and stuff and could do some fashion stuff. And I think they actually sent mm-hmm. her off to like Istanbul or some like international oh, yeah. market to actually do some work. But she said that the whole thing was really sketchy. But otherwise, yeah. we do have we have one agency here who like they're legit. Like they do actually represent like people who like there's one who i think she was the first she's from calgary and she was the first model to have like two consecutive covers of vogue italia which is like huge oh shit okay when i said i know nothing about this stuff you actually know i kind of do yeah i I can't speak to any of the acting or anything like that but as far as like the modeling yeah there's yeah some things that i'm like oh yeah I, i i knew this at some point and maybe things have changed a bit i doubt all that much yeah like i know well even though sorry oh i was just gonna say even the one that um even the one that you sort of said is kind of legit. That's like as nice as your praise went. And that's just so Edmonton. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's right. Kind of legit. Kind of. I don't even know. I think they're Calgary based. They're not even like Edmonton originally. But anyway, we, we don't really have a market, believe it or not. We're not like a fashion metropolis in the middle of the prairies, totally landlocked. <laughs> well, you know, Figure. you always hear what they say. Alberta is just landlocked Milan. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. Yeah, I hear that all the time. <laughs> but yeah, but back yeah, to so... back to the neon demon. So this this idea, this that... this notion of having you know having this this girl start out who has like who's super pretty has all this potential, but by virtue of where she is and everything, the best you can get are these like the so. 
another thing of terminology when you know there's photographers and then there's guys with cameras they're gwcs who are usually you know some that some, one i have heard yes yeah. i was saying i'm, I'm I, and again maybe there's different terminology now i i was doing this like 2010 ish give or take a couple of years before and after and so that was the idea of this, you know, GWC derogatory is this, you know, some guy who like has enough money to get a decent SLR camera, which nowadays really, you, you can get a lot for a little, but back then you need to invest, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Which I was totally with you. Like I thought that that was a jump forward in time maybe to her in the industry because mm-hmm. it, it was really glammed out. Well, yeah. And he's shooting like, with this like expensive little like rangefinder camera that probably costs like you know, yeah. almost 10 grand. So it's probably like well, a Leica guy, or something. Like This guy's probably, like you said, the guy with camera, but the one who actually has those aspirations maybe yeah. just isn't. He seemed like, like he, was a, he was a full-on guy with an camera. art type, yeah. Yeah. Like he definitely... He was actually one of the least douchey characters he, in this movie He really movie was, too. yeah. Yeah, by like a, a good clip. Yeah. But yeah, so you have this... But it was sort of like an accelerated timeline where you're doing like these shoots where it's like, oh yeah, trade for print and like... Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll actually get some photos back for your portfolio. And then all of a sudden this to this agency being like, we're you know, this like award winning photographer who shoots for all the magazines and stuff is in town. We're gonna get you a test shoot with him. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I thought about that scene. Oh, that scene is so gross. Yeah, it it doesn't help that a guy who's very good at playing creeps yes. plays a character. We've Nails got it. A, what I think Desmond Harrington's his name. Uh Quinn from Dexter. Yeah, that's just how I know him. Yeah, see, I first, I, I never had that connotation of, of that, like, off the bat, because I first saw him in Wrong Turn, like, the original right. one. Right. And uh, so I was like, oh, cool, that guy was, like, the hero of that movie I saw when I was a teenager or whatever. But yeah, Quinn from Dexter in this has, like, more muted, but very, like, Terry Richardson vibes. It, it, yeah, totally. He, he has those vibes, except without, like, having the cliche, like, pedo glasses and shit and like you know part of his reputation part of his brand is being like that yeah his brand is he looks like he he's like five steps away from shooting john lennon again yeah yeah like i don't know like because with terry rich like i think part of his brand is being this like zany like oh my god he's so like oh this this guy this fucking guy he's just like like i don't think he had quite that same like serious air of like genius and stuff like they give this guy in the movie but still, yeah. it's this idea of this, like, he is who he is, and he gets us, you know, these images and stuff, so he can do whatever he wants. I would never let my daughter anywhere near him, but I'm going to send all these other people's teenage daughters to be a one-on-one with him, and yeah. whatever happens, happens, because I'm making money off of it. That's not Just great. Allegedly. Gross. Allegedly. Allegedly, Just yes. Covered. Alleged. Yeah, allegedly. Alleged sex pests. Yeah. But yeah, just this this notion of... Like, like, it sets up right from the beginning. Like, for, you know, her first professional photo shoot is like, okay, you're not allowed to have any boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. You know that this is wrong, but you have to do it anyway. Uh, another thing in this scene that that's important, like, part of that, like, whole creep thing is he, like, stares at her, like, leers at her for a while. There's just, like, everybody out. I need to be alone with yeah. her. Um, but the makeup artist is, like, the one person, like, the one woman on the shoot who's yeah. just, like... Yeah, this is sus. It's like, I don't and mind saying. I can yeah. say. Even in this first scene, the very clearly smitten lesbian makeup artist. Mm. But she still leaves. She and still I get leaves. why, because, like, as I, I remember, I think we were even saying, like, oh, I wouldn't have left, but it's also like, yeah, but then I'd probably never work again. So yeah. it would at the very least be a struggle. 
Well, that's just it because I think I probably wouldn't leave, but then that would, you know, I would I wouldn't work again. Yeah, exactly. Full stop. Like like uh, and you know like I'm not just saying that as full on got to do the high road because I think you know being ethical and moral is good. Um, but it shows that I'm not cut out for this industry. Well, exactly, and that's how they get you, right? It. Like, yeah, I'm not enough of a piranha it's coercive to swim as in there, like fuck. Little school. Yeah, I'd like to think I'd at least stay by and like where they were do like in the, where they were doing the makeup and like have my ear against the wall. Yeah, I got the cup against. Yeah, the, exactly. The Scooby Doo style. But again, you don't know until you're there, right? And like you said, we're like, yeah. we're not cut out for this shit. Notice I'm not in that industry, even though when I was in high school, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna be a photographer. I'm gonna go work in that. And it's like, I remember my grandma was just like, you're not cutthroat enough for that. Sorry, honey. And I was like, shit, you're right. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing that bums me about, like, uh, going to, like, film school and stuff like mm-hmm. that, is it's like, I am definitely not cutthroat enough. I'm not in that capacity, you know? Right. It's like, I could probably screenwrite or something and sell scripts, and then that's mm-hmm. it, if I'm lucky. Inshallah. Yeah, this sequence uh, where, like, he gets her undressed and, like, covers her with paint that he smears on her body. And not even yeah, he in, sends like, the makeup artist home yes. so he can apply makeup badly Directly to her, to her naked neck. Like, just yeah. extremely normal all around. And we don't even, notice we don't even get to see the pictures, like, because it's fucking, like, smeared gold. Like, it's not even. It's, it's a shit yeah. job. She yeah. looks great, but it's a shit job. In spite of, not because yes. of. Like, yeah. that's all her. Yeah. Uh, so this might be one of the early sort of jading moments for her in the film, but she still seems to, like, bounce back from it and mm-hmm. still, like, not lose her soul completely. Um, yeah, and like, around it, this time... Yeah, because you, you get the sense, like, while it's happening, that it, it, you have that sort of, like, dissociative, like, well, I guess I'm here, I guess I'm just going to stop feeling for a little while. Mm-hmm. But then she comes out of it, and the makeup artist is, like, waiting around and is like, like, how'd it go? She's like, it was amazing. Like, this yeah. is, like, it's invigorated her, which I guess it could be a form of denial of, like oh, no, it's great. This is my dream. This is totally what I want. So I'm going to... But we don't know, right? Like... And especially because her character doesn't come across as, like, this very hardened, thick-skinned person Mm -hmm. who that, in different circumstances, this kind of behavior would be water off her back. Right. Yeah, no, she seems pretty... pretty fresh. Like you said, she's this delicate virgin flower from Georgia or wherever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, While she's doing this, the, the thing that we see where we know her humble beginning still is she's staying in the most like dirtbag fucking motel yes in the history of dirtbag motels like i don't think i've seen a seedier motel in a movie with the exception of i didn't buy how grimy it was it looked too it looked too cleanly dirty yeah it was like aesthetically grimy yeah, and it was like in pop. It was populated with the grind because yes. uh, we have Keanu Reeves in probably the most skin crawling role Ooh. I've ever seen him do. Yeah. Apparently, because uh, he has that line where he like tells this guy to like go check out this room where there's a thirteen year old, and like you know it's basically just like go be a pedophile. It's, yeah, it's my I'll pimp treat. Her out to you. Uh, apparently, the whatever he says to him was just an ad lib at the time. So it's like the world's nicest actor can really bring the gross <laughs> when he needs to. If that's the extent of his, like, being method, well, being, his ad-libbing yeah. a shitty line by getting into that guy's head, then it's like, yeah. I, I think we're, I think that's okay. Oh, absolutely, yeah, I'm not, I'm not but, yeah, for him, I, know. I think it's he did a great like, but, job but in the Keanu. role. Because, well, I, I felt gross watching him, yes. and so all the, all the credit to him in maybe going a bit against, especially these days, against the type we expect mm-hmm. of Keanu, because Keanu, I think in all his roles, especially recent ones, 
he's righteous and the audience agrees he's morally righteous even right. when, in like the anti-hero john wick way yeah it's still like well he moral, was wronged first yeah to be fair yeah, and, you know, especially in that first one, uh, the way they wronged him, it's like, oh, all bets are off. He yeah. could do anything, and people would be like, yeah, I'm still with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit. Yeah, so she's living in this grind hole pit, and Waiting for her big all... break. Yeah, and she sort of gets it. Like, she gets picked. There's that modeling scene that also really kind of shows how much of a meat market this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the casting for the runway show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Abby Lee in it and yeah, all the others. And yes. uh, I guess apparently the casting director, I don't even know if we really see her on screen that much, uh, but is played by uh, the woman who's going to be the new pinhead. Yeah, you mentioned that. So that rules. Yes. Um, I think that's the first thing I've seen her in because uh, I haven't seen the new L word and she's in that. Mm. Um. I like how this scene feels really gross, and maybe this is why it's so cleanly grimy at the uh, motel, because there's that sheen of Hollywood to everything. Like, mm-hmm. even the gross stuff is glossy. Like, right. I mentioned it's kind of a meat market, but it's so nicely lit. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, it's, it's, and it's just full of beautiful people. Yeah. Uh, she gets the job above everyone else. And Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are other people in the in the show. Yeah, but she's, uh, like, like, this first-time, like, fresh pit face, like, and then she's going to be close. Well, I mean, she finds this out later, but she's going to be yeah. closing the show. Sorry, is Abby Lee the Australian one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, she's she uh, was in she's in Fury Road. She's, um, she was a big right. model, like. Yeah, okay. I, I think she's transitioned more into acting. familiar. Yeah. Yeah, even though I saw this first, I think, but. Yeah. Okay, because, yeah, uh, after Abby Lee is just, like, bummed out about, um, I don't remember any of the characters' names, about uh, Elle Fanning's, like, success or being, like, like, she, Abby's being a bit of a, a pick-me and it's not working. No. And so uh, she goes into the bathroom and, like, does the cover of, like, Black Flag's damage to the mirror, just, like, <laughs> totally beefs it and is, like, all pissed off in the bathroom. And so Elle Fanning goes down there to be like, I thought you were really good and does that whole <laughs> She's like, don't give thing. me that shit. <laughs> uh, but then, um... She cuts her hand, Elfani just, on the glass. So it really just immediately starts licking the blood. And it's like, <laughs> how did I not know where this movie was going, given that whole, like, <laughs> Right. Just motorboating her open wound. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she essence. gets to, a, and she, uh, Elle Fanning's character gets to, ends up opening, no, closing. Closing, closing the, the, the The runway show. And, you know, that is another sort of, like, slap in the face to these more established models who are all afraid of the fact that they're being phased out due to their age. Which is like, like 27. Like. Yeah. If that, like, it's like, <laughs> I think they project all their insecurities onto Elle Fanning's Well, it's the thing, they take it on the person the who's thing. replacing them. But it's like, if she wasn't here, you It'd would be so- still be getting phased yeah, out. Yeah, and, and, and you did, you, you know that they did the same thing to the generation before them. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah they, like it's... these people were all Elle Fanning's character mm-hmm. at the uh, at the start of their careers, kind of the vibe we're supposed to get. They maybe just didn't get quite this amount of praise for being this like ethereal, like waif beauty from another planet. Yeah, like the one guy says in the best line of the movie, "Beauty isn't everything; it's the only thing." Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, is, that just like, like is like the the like thesis of this movie, and yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Because well, it's end, just so, uh, like, uh, evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the end of the runway show, totally goes full, like, the void meets Suspirio. Well, I think it's visuals. before she even goes out onto the the runway. Like, it's... I think that's supposed to be, the sh- like, part of the show, like, her going out and all that, yeah. where we see all the, like, flashing lights and stuff, like... But, I mean, when you see the triangle, yeah, the triangle and the the reflections that she's kissing and all that, like, I thought she went sort of, I thought I remembered it happening where she's in this, like, weird daze and then kind of, like, breaks out of it to go out and finish Yeah, I I took that as her waiting in the wings and that was, like, crossing that Rubicon going into the the show was kind of her crossing that boundary of not being a complete shithead. Yeah, and the funny thing, because you're talking about, like, oh, she, like, you're saying, like, oh, she got her big break, she got to close the show. It's like, yeah, but she probably made, like, next to no money from that. Like, yeah. that's, it's, it's, it's a big break in the sense of, like, clout within the industry, but, that's like, definitely un- unless I mean you're, like, it. a yeah. celebrity supermodel, you're not going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Like, unless you I, become, I, like, more or less a household name in some arena, whether that is through, like, you know, formerly, I guess now, because it's not really a thing as the way it used to be culturally, but, like, the Victoria's Secret fashion show, right. or, like... I don't know. There, there are various kind of avenues for that, but there are so many who are like, oh yeah, the, you know, I guess maybe you'd recognize that girl's face if you're really into like keeping up with like the European Vogues or like the Asian Vogues right. and stuff. But like, yeah, model is like, yeah, like, I don't know, runway model, like you're not going to make that much money. Yeah. I definitely think that this is that breakthrough moment where she's poised yes. to head that way, even if only in her own mind, mm-hmm. you know? And as long as, I mean, as far as the in-group goes, like, yeah, she's hot shit. Like, whether or not she's ever going to be able to afford to live somewhere besides that seedy-ass motel is a different story. But as far as, Mm -hmm. like, just, like, clout within the people who know and who matter, like, yeah, she's made it. She is well on her way. She's bought into it. All those people have bought into it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that scene when she's in the triangle and she's kissing the mirrors is she's making out with two copies of herself. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, this very masturbatory moment of just, like... She's like, oh, I get it now. Like, like, you know, I kind of hate the whole, like, oh, women taking selfies. It's just pure narcissism kind of thing. But this is a very narcissistic moment yes. for the character, right? Like, she's just fallen in love with herself in the same way everyone else has. She's been enraptured by the neon demon. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, that was the moment when we both pointed at the screen, like... Okay, like, uh, hey, look, it's the neon demon. Oh! <laughs> because I think yes. it's shortly after this scene where there's the part where she's in the motel... And the person's trying to break in. And uh, she manages to stop, uh, lock the door and stop uh, mm-hmm. whoever it is from coming in. So that guy just goes next door, breaks down the door, and then you just hear him doing whatever yeah, horrible just thing to the woman next other door. Woman. That scene was so... Like, that was a great example of less is more and you don't have yes. to show something. Yes, because fucking I, I think if anything, Yeah, it's one of the more skin-crawling... Whether it's just a murder, an assault, both, you know. Yeah, some combination thereof, like... One of the more skin-crawling moments, that's a good word for it. Yeah. Um, And not just for this movie, for any movie that has that kind of content. There's that that notion that you can make a movie with not great visuals and the movie still works, Mm -hmm. but if you have not great sound, it's just amateur hour. And this is a great example of why sound is so important. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's just the Hollywood way. Get into sounding and you're, you're just... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she runs from the motel and goes to the house that... Well, actually, this is a great example of how, you know, people aren't that rich, even though they live that glam lifestyle because and the surrounded makeup artist has by this it. huge, sprawling mansion. And it's With, like, like, oh, it's not mine. I'm just, like, I'm just endangered animals and shit. 
Yeah, as soon as someone has, like, a taxidermied wildcat on display, it's just like, oh, I'm gonna get fucking most dangerous game. I was gonna say, there's a non-zero chance that they hunt humans for sport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Or at least aspire to, and are planning yeah. to sometime in the near future. Yes. But yeah, the makeup artist, this is, um, it's like, this is your house? And she's just like, no, I'm house-sitting. She's like, like, but you said it was your house. No, I didn't. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. And she, like, tries to comfort her in a very predatory way mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's what it's what she thought she wanted yeah and uh but then you know as soon as like elf Hanning's like no that's not what i wanted she still she doesn't really take no for an answer and she's like well i bat. want it so yeah so you know it's like it her sh- true colors are really showing through and when she gets rejected she goes to her day job in like oh. <laughs> yep yeah, her day job is doing makeup at funeral homes for um, dead bodies. And I find it interesting. That's something that you are you learn in the funeral, like, directing programs. Like, mm-hmm. that's part of it. You do that's a just, course Yeah, it's not really, like, a uh, specialty. It's, like, that's yeah. just part of the job. Yeah, but I imagine if places are overloaded, they might hire outside makeup artists to come and do, like, touch-ups for, like, say, open casket stuff. Right. Yeah, I, I, could, yeah, I could definitely see if it was, like, a yeah, big enough market and everything. Yeah. Big enough yeah. area, which LA, I imagine, would be. That's it's... curious, though, because that stuff is, that, like, industry is so regulated mm-hmm. and all that, that it's like, oh, it's interesting that they'll just, like, hire someone to, like, fix up grandma's face. LA, baby. Yeah. But yeah, so she takes out her sexual frustration on a dead body, and it's a very uncomfortable scene. Oh, it's ridiculously and... uncomfortable. <laughs> it's yeah, so, so well done. To, I just have to ask the question, what movie has better spit play, Disobedience or this? <laughs> <laughs> it's very uncomfortable, and it's also like, wow, way to steal my screenplay. They <laughs> fucking stole it, <laughs> motherfuckers. You'll show them. Yeah, and then we get to the end of the movie, like, the big turn, and it's absolutely insane, and kind of why I loved this movie even more the second time. Like, I knew it was coming. Not the specifics exactly, but I knew what was coming. Yeah. And it's still just like, oh my fucking god. (laughs) So what happens? Um, so... Yeah, there, she, she's in the house, she, you know, wakes up the next day for some reason, she spent the night there. Yeah. She didn't, like, climb out the window and run. And uh, all of a sudden, the two, uh, Abby Lee and then the other model who are uh, being outcompeted by her show up and they like chase her around with knives and try to fucking kill her. And then the makeup artist is just kind of like, YOLO, like whatever. Just like, <laughs> and the makeup artist just like shoves her into an, a drained pool. Yeah, shoves her into an empty pool where she like, br- you know, breaks her spinal cord and bleeds out. <laughs> That's another moment where they stole from us with the foot cocked up next to her head, like, twitching and shit. Right? Like, that was our movie. That was us. Yeah, we did yeah. that first, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess we got we did hacked. That, we did that concurrently. My hard drive got hacked. <laughs> um, By Refn. <laughs> exactly. Hacked into How dare you, Refn? <laughs> and uh, then it's... We, we don't see all of it, but it's revealed that um, they said, like, Elizabeth Bathory who, and they, like... They didn't just, like, bathe in her blood. They also, like, fucking ate her. Fucking ate her. <laughs> that <laughs> scene ate her, is so, like, that part's off camera, but I fucking love how they shot that scene. Yeah. Where it's, like, the two models are just, like, washing together in the just, shower. Just, like, writhing around in the shower. In, blood. in the very, like, a very porny way. Without yes. necessarily being that. And the, 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 
The makeup artist is staring in the bathtub, just staring at them, just like fucking soaked in blood. It's so good. Yeah. It's a great moment for people who really love the aesthetic of like final girl covered in gore. Except yes. that they're final girls in a very cynical way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They defeated the neon demon. Only to <laughs> only to eat it and gain did its power. Did they defeat the neon demon or did they is this just part of extended like worship and to show like being real pick me's for the neon demon? To say oh, look how devoted we are to you. That could be it too. I think that's it. Yeah. And that seems like the perfect end point for this movie, but it doesn't But it goes on. End. We get this weird straight out of the witch moment of the makeup artist just like getting naked in the moonlight and like menstruating out like a fucking busload of people worth of blood. And um it's just like, oh shit, you really went hard on that whole uh eating that lady and gaining her powers. Um but then the two models, they go to a shoot. One is in the shoot, and the other one's the ride. And it's just hanging around. And it's and uh, bootleg Terry Richardson's taking the photos and sees the model who's hanging around, so fires the rando. It's like, you two, you're going to be in my thing. Yeah, just enraptured by this, um, their look, even though that they are sort of seen as has-beens at this point, the, the, the eating the younger model has like rejuvenated their power and it's just like there's something about you too yeah there's this she, she she gained this je ne sais quoi like he sees her on the couch and is like do I know you and she's like no yeah and he's like well I, I want to Ugh. and then as they're doing this and then the, the, the model who's not Abby just starts retching well, because she's, I, th- I think part of it is, is like because they're doing a photo shoot out in front of a pool and she's like keeps staring at the pool and then I got what from that was that like remembering this horrible thing yeah. she's done, yeah. and yeah, she's retching and like goes inside and fucking vomits up an entire eyeball. Yeah, and Abby Lee goes in and is like, "What the hell are you doing?" And she's like, "I need to get her out of me. I need to get her out like out from inside of me." And like grabs some scissors and just like fucking like cuts her guts open and bleeds out on the floor. Another another moment where they they fucking stole from us. They just like took you our, our American Mary Swede. Right? Um, or no, th- in that case, they took donor. Yeah, exactly. They take from all yeah. their shit. Sorry, the other one was American Mary. Yeah. Um, and then Abby Lee fucking, like, takes the eyeball, <laughs> plops it in her mouth, and swallows it whole. Oh, Jesus. And then it's just like, well, back to work. That's show business, baby. Hollywood. So I absolutely adore how completely unsubtle they are with the whole, it's a cut through, throat, like, dog-eat-dog kind of industry. Like, like, it goes even beyond doggy dog. It is, like, human cannibal. Yeah, exactly. You cannibalize like, each other, and that's how, how you you basically take someone else, cannibalize them, and use it. Like, like, that's a good metaphor for people who step on everyone. Like, they yeah. see the progress someone else has made, and they use it as, like, a leapfrog to get ahead. Yeah, and... and uh, they- and, and yeah, beyond just like stepping on, it's like also I'm gonna like eat, devour your guts and and like soak up your life force while yeah. I do it. So like, I very much love that the movie just goes that bad shit, that body horror with it. And, it, do, it commits. Yeah. It like goes the whole way. Yeah, that's one thing where it's it's like extremely on the nose, but like it makes the best possible use of that. Like it goes like yeah. to the logical extreme and then all the way to the illogical extreme. But it's like kind of perfect i i i really do think that you know subtlety has a place but also unsubtlety mm-hmm. has a place and i think this is but also that yeah time yeah. to place comes to commit and this movie commits yeah. I, I don't say that about a lot of movies but this, yeah, this one, one fucking commits. commits to the bit and i'm really happy about that um, yeah. and then after this it cuts to the credits and the credits are done like what i would expect for some expensive 
perfume ad or like Ferrari <laughs> ad where it's just like the camera going over this dried out water and it's like this drone shot and it looks like something these models would be in if they reach mm-hmm. that high level of success and that's what the credits play over at least at the start and so it's yeah. like damn this movie really locked down its aesthetic well but she just keeps going yeah so i enjoyed this one like i liked it the first time we saw it but i enjoyed it a lot more this time i think yeah like, i appreciated it more yeah because it's such a left turn when everything goes off the rails that i think even if it's like this is the perfect way to go uh it's still it's very halting it is you're just like oh my god they, yeah. they just did that and they're still doing more yeah and then there's more yeah, I, it's funny because after the, they like ate her and the movie kept going, it was one of those things where I was starting to worry. It's like, oh, this movie's just going to like drag and end like stupidly. But then they did something so extreme. I'm like, nope, I'm in it. I'm, I'm yeah. here for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's one it. of those movies where I think you even commented on this while we were watching it. I'm just like, there have been so many shots that I expect to be the last shot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's some movies that do that where there's a shot and you're like, and credits. Nope, it's still going. And yeah. credit, nope, it's still going. And this one does it like five times. And then all of a sudden you're just like, well, I guess we're, oh, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of those, but not so much in the bad way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it's more like, they're like, we have more for you and then they actually deliver. Yeah. So yeah, this is definitely an interesting take on the whole LA industry and... It's pretty gross. And they just like and yeah, bottling too, because I'm sure you could have this movie set in New York and not have yes. it be like yeah. that appreciably different. Yeah. I think the aesthetic, like the very glammy aesthetic, that's true. It makes me think of like a, a modern version of old Hollywood kind of thing. Like, yeah. yeah, like yeah, the aesthetic would be different. And I mean, this the like she wouldn't be in a motel; she'd be living in like you know bunked up with like six other models in like a tiny apartment in New yeah, York. Yeah, in a tiny and... apartment above a kombucha bar, below another yeah, kombucha and it, bar. It, yeah, below a. <laughs> above a bowling alley and like the aesthetic like it would still be grimy aesthetic but it wouldn't be like la grime it would be like new york grime and so like it it would be i think it would be doable which is my favorite crime if i have to pick east coast or west coast (laughs) crime i'm I'm there for like driller killer chud kind of that's true but then when it comes to when it comes to canada i'm like oh west coast 100 percent so i'm just talking like trash movies not first yeah I not know, actual I know, geography like, yeah but also but also i'm like yeah if i had to pick like where i would rather like go as i'm as much i'm like mm, california weather i'm like mm, probably want to go check out new york before la yeah i say have this having to been to like santa Ana for like less than 24 hours to go see a concert yeah this movie may be a bit of the odd duck in the sense that this one's modeling and the other two we watched are acting mm-hmm. but it's still like adjacent industries like yeah different skill set different kind of expectations but at the same time a lot of it is based off of like how you look there is I mean not to say that there isn't like skill and stuff that goes into modeling and having a proper walk and knowing how to work your angles for the camera but and it's find a different the light skill set. And, but it, it is a different skill set yeah. but yeah I guess because I, I want to I hesitate to say like well you know acting involves more talent or it's like well no like some people some people are like incredibly photogenic and that's not just because they look a certain like they know how to work the camera and mm-hmm. that is a skill like 100% I don't want to deny that and perhaps then because it's not just still images and because there's like a, you know with acting you you can maybe get more of a shelf life as an actor right. yeah. than as a model like there are still long way to go is especially for women yeah so but i mean because not to say that there because i there are like 
there is advertising that uses, you know, older models and stuff for like yes. skincare and, you know, whatever. But it, again, they have you're that not gonna... clout though. It's the, it's more than name. A lot of the times they do. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's like, oh, I was a, like, I've keep seeing cut commercials where it's like, I was a cover girl in the nineties and you never stopped being a cover girl. It's like, tell it to all the other cover girls. Yeah. Like, okay, you're like the one. But, but yeah, even if this is a different uh, industry, it, plays very similarly that's why it does it's it's cutthroat it's image based it is we will tell you to your face that you're too fat and too ugly when like that is a patently absurd thing to say about yeah like and also just cruel and mean and completely inappropriate (laughs) yeah because they they definitely mean it derogatory and uh i remember when we first pitched this episode after a while i i brought up it's like oh this isn't an acting one this is about modeling and then I remember you were like, oh, shit, it, it is. Like, in your mind, I remember you saying, like, you thought that acting was involved somewhere. Oh, I probably did. Yeah, yeah and I it's like, that. that kind of shows how similar it is to these other movies we've watched before. Exactly. In terms of just how grotty the process looks. Well, and then, all, yeah, just the, like, image-based in front of a camera needing to perform a certain, you know, whatever the project calls for. Yeah. Like, there's overlap. It's adjacent at the very yeah. least. Because uh, the second one very much hits that sort of body horror. Uh, what do you? How do you transform in order to transcend? And yes. uh, this is Starry Eyes from 2014, one That's that I right. really wanted to rewatch because I barely remembered it. Mm-hmm. I think we saw it shortly after it came out. Yeah, and then that probably. was it. So you know, seven eight years. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one's the the tale as old as time of uh, a, a fledgling actor working at a restaurant wanting to make it big yes and this restaurant's great because it's clearly a hooters knockoff but it's called like <laughs> nuggets or some shit like that or what's it called taters 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 yeah and it's run by pat healy with like <laughs> a, a ned flanders mustache so that was great like you know i'm just thinking it's like oh there's the cheap thrills guy there's the innkeepers guy and he's running this restaurant and being a weird He's very dad-like for someone who's running this titty bar that this titty like, bar that has covered this titties. family-friendly titty bar. <laughs> but yeah, so she goes. Uh, it pretty much opens with her going to an audition for. Well, she goes to an audition and doesn't do very well. That's kind of how the movie opens with her doing an audition not very well. Uh, but then she gets to go to one for this movie called the Silver, the Silver Scream. Scream. <laughs> Slasher movies in movies always have the worst titles. <laughs> Like, I mean, slasher movies have bad titles, but they feel genuine, whereas in movies, it's, right. like, this feels like a slasher movie that would be referenced in Seinfeld. It's one of those movies that they go to, like, Prognosis Negative and stuff like that. Silver <laughs> Scream. I can't remember the name of it, but there's this, like, like uh, the company, this production company, all the fledgling actors who hang out together, and clearly none of them have really made it. Uh, they're like, oh shit! I've heard of this place. This is a real production company. It's called like uh, like AstraZeneca Answer. Productions or something like that. <laughs> and, um, I'm gonna look it up because it it has a name that totally sounds like it could be, uh, like like an ancient demon or something. Well, in the trivia, it actually is related to what happens. Like, yeah, the title's not just a random one because it sounds Astraeus. Cool. Like Astraeus totally sounds like an old. Girl oh, as you said, I love I love production companies named after emo bands. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so Atreyu Pictures. Like, oh, yeah, a Pictures. Yep. Uh, she goes to an audition at that. Yeah, so this movie 
is one of those movies where there's just bootleg people. <laughs> and the, the dude running the audition is trying so hard to be Crispin Glover. Yeah, kind of. Like, he's trying so hard to be Crispin Glover. He's like, <laughs> I need you to do the scene better. Do you not understand how movies work? I have a lot of money riding on this picture. <laughs> that kind of sounded like I was trying to do Crispin Glover, trying to do David Lynch, but you know. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her audition, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not bad. It's not like one of those like, oh my god, you've changed everything things. But in the movie world, it's unmemorable. So, yeah. so you know, it's like one of those like, okay, without even like looking up, it's like, okay, we'll call you. It's like, do you want me to do it again? We got what we need. Mm-hmm. And so she goes out, goes to the washroom, and has a fucking meltdown. <laughs> and the way she melts down is she like pulls her hair. But not in like a normal like trichotillomania way yeah. where you like you know kind of do it as like a stress relief of where you almost don't notice it it's just like a tick kind of like she is yanking that shit and causing herself pain she's doing it in one of those like pull my hair daddy wait that actually sucks kind of ways (laughs) she is yanking it yeah just going to town and uh they they hear her meltdown yes and a woman who's with the the Kristen glover guy uh hears it and like wants her back to do an audition to be like do that again. Like, freak yeah. the fuck out. That's again. what we're interested in. Yeah. Which is kind of, like, not so... Because one thing I, I, I forgot to say was when the friends were like, oh, yeah, we've heard of Estrella's pictures. It's There's also a bit of, like, yeah, they they, they used to do some stuff. They kind of fell off. But, like, yeah. I guess they're still around. I guess they're coming back. I guess. They used to do some stuff, and then they fell off. And uh, I guess now they're, they're back. So it kind of yeah. hints at that sort of, like, they need to be re-energized. Yes. And so then they're like, well, let's be, like, extra freaky about it. And yeah, say, yeah. Like, the, the nice guy, the guy who's not so much TM in this movie, but the guy who's nice to her is just like, oh, I heard they're coming back. He's trying to be all, like, pos- positive about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, whereas the, the really, like, bitchy character is just like, I heard they suck and, like, gargle piss or, like, something like that. Like, she's just, like, real <laughs> shitty about it at she's every She's the Abby Lee Kershaw of this movie. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And so she starts doing it, and they're like, all right, well, I guess you can't do it, because she's doing this very, like, weak, you know, she's not she's melting like, down oh, right I'm now, pulling so she's my not hair. doing it. She's, she's not, like, having an episode in front of yeah. them. She's not, like, yeah. They're like, please, they're like, please be, like, mentally disturbed in front of us to the, like, <laughs> Yeah. Fuck. But when uh, they, they're like, I guess we were wrong, get out of here, um, she does have an episode and goes like full possession on the floor just a little like, bit ripping at her hair and screaming and they're just like, like writhing oh, and fuck yes this is it like mm, yeah yes. they're, they're the sicko at the window right now yeah <laughs> and um she gets callback and the callback audition is all kinds of weird where it's just like in a dark room with strobe lights and they're like get naked and we'll film you and I think this really kind of fits. This reminded me a bit of the uh, bootleg Terry Richardson scene. Let's give the Neon yeah. Demon, where like, let's see how much we can push your boundaries yeah. and how much we can get you to just like be like, fine, I will, I will be docile, I will play along, I will, like, okay, you ha- you're holding my dream in your hands. Yeah. That's what a lot of these movies kind of do. It, it it really shows the whole idea of like, let's see how much we can take from you. Yeah, how much we can break you down. Look, we're and... going to dangle the carrot and yep. see what we can do. To what get kind of, like, song yeah. and dance you'll perform for us. Yeah, it's... Um, Among other, like, sexual favors and whatnot. I like how we just mixed, like, three or four different metaphors together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and she 
very hesitantly does. And she gets the callback because of that to meet with the actual producer guy. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, her friends are just like, that rift is starting to happen with the friends. But this one's a bit muddier, I think, because it's it's uh, the friends are getting jealous. Like, actually, mm-hmm. it's not that muddy. It really mirrors uh, Neon Demon in that the friends see her getting success and most of them start getting jealous, whereas she starts being the I'm too good for you kind yeah. of person. I think... Yeah, the difference is in the Neon Demon, other than the, like, sort of boyfriend, she doesn't have friends. They're never friends to begin with. Right. She's just kinda, <laughs> Whereas, yeah. yeah, in this one, there are, f- like, friends. Like, her roommate seems yeah. like an actual friend yeah. who gives a shit about her. And that guy who's making the movie, who's directing it, he seems like he actually gives a shit about her. Yeah, it's the mix of the friend group where you have the actual friends, and then you have the sort of, like, well, I'm part of the group, but all I'm doing is shitting on you all the time. And then being like, what? Why is this such a big deal? Why are you taking it so personally? Yeah. Ugh. She sucks. Yeah. But yeah, and she goes to the producer and, you know, he's of course just like, oh, you need to do sexual favors. Yeah, basically you need to suck my dick. That's the last thing you need to do. And not officially, but again, with how he delivers the line, we got uh, bootleg Ray Wise here. Just some bootleg Leland Palmer action happening. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. She's just like, no, and fucks off. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, like, I'm not doing that kind of thing. And then she's... And keep in mind, this is after she, like, quit her job at, like, the, the tater titty yeah. bar to, like... Because she's going to be a real actor, and she's, about, like... She has this job, like, it, it's basically hers at this point, yeah, so... it's hers to lose. And, she uh, can blow up her life for it, and then the last step she doesn't take because she's... She still has enough of her, like, self and sense of, like, I don't know, boundaries, and she still has an, a, enough power i don't know what to call it like because i don't want to say like self-respect because it's like well it's a really coercive situation i don't yeah. think somebody who finds themselves in it and then like i don't think it's a matter of self-respect but still a sense like a, a whole sense of self this, this is a I'll this say. is a line that she this is a line in the sand for her still at mm-hmm. this point and uh she's really torn up about not getting the part and she's really upset about what went down like very understandably but then she's also part of her is she's upset that she didn't just do it yeah, because she's like, that's all it would have taken. Yeah. And, um, and she's like, I could have done that. Her friend. Somebody else is going to do it. Her quote unquote friend continues to shit on her, but even more now. And, well, uh, yeah, because well, her real friend think, tells them. Yeah. Yeah. Her but real the real friend, friend is like, is like, really, like, really, like, they wanted you to suck some guy's dick to get a part in a movie called The Silver Scream. And then she's like, and really, you're upset you didn't do it? Like, yeah. listen to yourself. Yeah. I do like that they kind of point out that it's like because she's really doing the whole this is my big break like you said you're like girl <laughs> it's like it, it sounds like it's a big break for a movie i wouldn't even show my worst enemies it, it sounds like the kind of movie that they would um watch on shout out to our, to our buddies i hope you suffer and then really regret <laughs> watching it be like this was not a good week that's true <laughs> yeah yeah so like she after her friends kind of like double down on being shitty, her roommate gives away the, her the secret of what happened Blows and up her all that. She like says fuck it and goes back. Well, first she she's talking to the the um the guy in the van and he's yeah. like, "Well, look, like I'm gonna get my movie made. You can star in it. Like we're gonna we're, we can still do stuff." And then she's she seems really reassured, and then uses that reassurance to call back Astraeus and is like. Yo, let me suck that spooky dick. <laughs> Basically, oh my god, exactly that. 
<laughs> you just found our shit post. I'll do better this time. Like, I, I um, promise. And they're just like, well, there won't be a third chance. And she's like, no, I know. I felt this movie was very unsettling in this point before that scene. Just because yeah. the guy who's like, I'm going to make my movie and you're going to star in it. It's like, okay, you don't have to attack me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't live in a van. I don't have a van, so I'm not even a step up. I'm not even at his level. <laughs> so she goes back and does it. And as uh, she's performing on him, we see his hand, like, holding her head. And there's that weird, like, scarification pentagram mm-hmm. on it. And then all of a sudden, these, like, eyes wide shut motherfuckers come out of the curtains. There's, like, a whole yes. bunch of them. That's when we realize, it's like, oh, shit, this is some crazy cult shit going on. Yeah. With a name like Astraeus, who could have seen this coming? Yeah. I kind of wish it was a Treyu and then just some... <laughs> it's just a bunch of, like, horse furries. Jesus. <laughs> Call to uh, horse girls. Yeah, um, anyway, so she does this, and she's presumably got the role now, but then she immediately starts rotting. <laughs> that uh, is the best way to describe it. Yeah, and that's where I really start to question what maybe the politics of this movie are. Because it's like, is she rotting from the inside because she betrayed her own principles? Mm. Or is she rotting from the inside because she has given up what made her you know good like like where's the moral like did she do a morally bad act in that she sucked a guy's dick or did she do uh is the immorality that is causing her rot based on the fact that she eschewed her own principles in order to do this like right like the movie doesn't really answer that and Mm -mm. i'm not really gonna just pull a full-on bad faith reading of it but yeah it is something to to like notice in this movie it is. is uh it's after doing the, the sex act that everyone kind of looks down on her for doing that she starts to rot. But it's mm-hmm. also she's selling out in the sense of her principles and doing that. Yeah. Like she's like, is it worth doing something I'm not comfortable doing in order to get this part? Right. So it's kind of hard to say what's causing her rotting. Yeah, because I, I didn't even thought about That's that. That's the I symbolic thought... way, because in the literal yes. way, it's part of the... Uh, it's part of the, 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 the ritual. The ritual, it's part yeah. Of, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's part of the, like the like rite of passage where it's like if you can survive this yeah. then you've earned it yeah but she starts rotting and it's pretty some, some great makeup effects mm-hmm. like this movie was uh i think at the very least partially funded off kickstarter yeah if not some mostly. kind of yeah crowdfunding and um they they did well with the money like the they actors did. do a fine job like uh, the the cheesiest actors are the ones i find where they're clearly aping someone else yeah um but like the, the, the makeup that... effects are very convincing to make you like watch this movie and then we, as you see her rotting to make you go i know it smells crazy in there <laughs> oh it smells so bad in there oh stinky yeah <laughs> exactly it's stinky <laughs> um but then part of the ritual becomes she has to just like fucking kill her old life essentially and yeah, by that and, like, kill all her old friends human yeah, sacrifice blood sacrifice style. That sequence is fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the only thing I remembered about this movie was, like, the dick sucking, because that's where the turn happens. <laughs> yeah. And also, when she just fucking caves the lady's head in with the weight, because it's like, that image is not leaving my mind. No. <laughs> it goes full irreversible. Yeah, and then almost, like, it goes back to that idea of, like, not just killing your own life, but also, like killing your sense of of your principles and like who who, not just your old life like who you are as a person yeah and what you value and hold dear because i mean yeah some of these friends were dicks but like she 
clearly valued them to some degree yeah. in the sense that she stuck around. Plus, even if she didn't, you know, she still murders people. Like, yeah, there's a big there's a big gap between like you know ghosting and cutting out the toxic people in your life and like yeah. fucking caving their heads in. Yeah, yeah. There, there's just a bit, just a bit of a gap. Just a little know? bit. Like there's a bit of a gray area in between there where like an, there's an endless possibilities of like what you can do yeah. and, <laughs> to uh, like better yourself. And it's also not lost on me that like the group she kills as the sacrifice are all the fledgling actors who have mm-hmm. not risen to her level. That kind of reminds me of like almost like a reverse neon demon where they kill the person who's shooting above their level in who's threatening order them so which, they can yeah. do that. Um, right. This is her like oh I'm like they're not even in competition to her. Yeah, they're just beneath her. Yeah, and so she kills the ball, and then like goes to this ritual and gets buried in the uh in the dirt and comes out like covered in mud but like rejuvenated with like flawless yeah, naked bald skin. with like super great nails like yeah. she's got claws and uh yeah so the her last sacrifice i guess to get power is she like makes out with her roommate and then drains her soul or something like all this blood starts pouring into their mouths while they're kissing <laughs> And yes. um, then she is complete. She yep. puts on her. I I really love the. It, it really is a resurrection kind of thing where, when the roommate comes in, she's laid out on her bed, the sheet over her head, like a mm-hmm. body on a slab. Yeah, like a burial thing. shroud. And they they it it doesn't feel completely out of character too because earlier on when she's crying, she's under the covers, and her roommate gets under there with her mm-hmm. to comfort her, like it's their. Yeah, thing. it's a very like intimate kind of moment. But yeah, so she is complete, and she has ascended. She is now the neon demon or whatever. But she <laughs> she she has the starry eyes. She's Mama Astraeus. Yeah, and then it shows her eyes, and you point at the screen like like Leo on the couch. <laughs> those are the eyes. Those are, those are the starry eyes I've heard so much yeah. about. I liked this movie a lot, too. Like, I remember liking it the first time, but I liked it even more this time. It really nails the effects for the body horror stuff it gets into, mm-hmm. so that, that made me happy. Yeah. As a little yeah, makeup effects Yeah, it does a really gained. good job with that. Yeah. Um, so, I'm guessing you enjoyed this one, too? Hell yeah. Yeah. I, it's another one that I, like, I didn't remember tons of it. Yeah, I, I did so, so it was one of those things yeah. where you're like, ooh, that went hard, and I know I've seen it before, but, like, damn, it was... Like, I remember that sequence went hard, but it's still quite jarring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's where those two movies are pretty similar. And um, I guess I said Neon Demon's a bit of the odd duck being the modeling one, but tonally I think these movies are actually very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one is more horror horror, like overt horror, whereas Neon Demon is a lot more genre-bending. Yes. Like it, and it's a lot it's, more polished. Yeah. In the sense that it's like, I mean, it's, it's like a big director, big names yeah. in it. Versus very, a like, budget. Kickstarter movie by first time directors. Yeah. And, you know, especially with that conceit, they did a fucking great job. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's just, yeah. So that's definitely not like a drag or anything. Of course, it's just, of course. it's just a very different. Yeah. Neon Demon and is I appreciate very glossy. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. That very glossy, very sheen, very stylistic, like tour with the you know his style and colors and everything yeah ryan gosling just being a weirdo in the corner <laughs> going full blair witch in the corner um so i guess the third movie that maybe plot wise or at least the synopsis wise sounds like it'd be a lot more like starry eyes is a bit of the odd one out 
yeah. or anything. Uh, we watched David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. From 2001? 2001, yep. This is the one that I, I think I liked a little less this time. Mm. Like, I still liked it, but I don't know. I don't know. It's it, it, it didn't fully work for me. I barely remembered it, so... Fair enough. I think I had about the same... Yeah. Did you like this one? Response? Like, yes. Like, but you did dislike it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just kind of like, yeah, that was a ride. Yeah. There are part. I think what gets me about this one, maybe, and why I was... I liked it less this time, is there's aspects of it and parts that I think are absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of lost in this sort of... It, it feels very much for my money, and this is probably heresy to say, David Lynch doing David Lynch. Yeah. In a lot of ways. David um, Lynch doing like, look how random I am. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm going with this. David Lynch with, <laughs> with all the Lisa Frank stickers all over his, his screenplay. Invader Zim tat, knuckle tattoos. Um, yeah, no, because parts of it are absolutely brilliant, but I feel like the weird elements just, they kind of stick out more to me in this right. one. In like, a way that like, you know, in like something like Twin Peaks, they just like... They work. They make sense yeah. somehow. Like, yeah, it's the whole thing. Like, or, yeah, uh, this, there are Wild and Hearts, st- a great example. It goes weird too, but I think that would yes. be so cohesive in its weirdness. And it like starts out, and like that's kind of like you go in being like, "Oh, this is gonna be a weird movie." Yeah, like that's just the tone. Yeah. Whereas this one starts out a little more like. Well, this one starts serious. out with, like, a bootleg Apple commercial, or I guess Apple commercials okay, are, like... Okay, when I say starts out, I mean with the yeah. actual plot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess right. Maybe Apple commercials are bootleg Mulholland drives. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which came first. Yeah, the old iTunes commercials with the, like... The, the silhouettes and dancing yeah, with yeah, the iPods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is, like, swing music. Yeah. But, yeah, so what do we got here? How does this movie start? We have a very glamorous lady who is involved in a sketchy car accident on Mulholland Drive. Yep, you see the sign, the street sign, and you're like, oh! There it is! They showed the (laughs) the title in the movie. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you get the sense that, like, some shit's about to go down. Yeah. Where these guys who have her in the car and, like, yeah, shit's about to go down and then other shit goes down and there's a car accident. Yeah, and I remember, I think we even mentioned this in the episode, but, uh you would confuse this scene a bit with Wild at Hearts. Yeah, because I I, rem- I thought similar. I remembered. It is, yeah. And then so seeing this, I was like, oh, that's why I collapsed the moment. Okay, yeah. it makes sense. It wasn't me just, like, transplanting this scene from Wild at Heart into, like, Mulholland Drive. It was like, no, it's a car accident with, like, a hot brunette who's, like, fucked up after. He's all fucked up and bleeding from the head, you know? Right? It's, like, a, it's, it's a look. It's, a, it's, it's, just, it's just a Lynchian staple. Yeah. So, yeah, we have this, uh, yeah lady with a great rack who is in a car accident and, <laughs> and seems to escape to safety and then uh naomi watts character is introduced as this betty yeah yeah betty this young canadian actress wannabe who is coming to la to stay with her successful actress aunt and he didn't do his twin peaksism of because the person's canadian they must be french canadian <laughs> i just love how everyone from alberta in Twin Peaks. I know, it's like a... It's just like Francophone in hell, yeah. <laughs> that, that's it like one pretty of my favorite iconic. details. <laughs> um, so anyway, Betty is, is yeah, wannabe actress. She's in the big city. She's come... Her aunt is going to be out of town working on a production. So she gets to stay at her house and go to some castings and try and make it big. 
And when she gets to the apartment, she finds this woman in it who says her name is Rita. And she thinks, oh, this must be, like, a friend of my aunt's. Right. You know, let's... Okay, this is fine. And then quickly finds out, well, okay, Rita, as we're calling her, was in a car accident and is suffering amnesia. She doesn't actually know who she is. She yeah. picked the name off of a poster for, like, Rita Hayworth or whatever because she's like, I actually don't know who I am or how I got here or, like... It's a mystery. Yeah. So in in a very, you know, David Lynch way, we have, you know, a couple of cute girlies who are going to go solve the mystery. That is a very David Lynch kind of thing. That that that's the plot of Twin Peaks is like let's have some the, the girls are going to go and like it's something like oh it's like a, it's like a, it's a noir. It's like detectives. It's like no, it's 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 like a it's a melodrama about teen girls who are going to go solve the murder of their friend. Like it's also the plot of Blue Velvet, <laughs> if you read that movie, that Kyle McLaughlin's character is an egg. Oh. Um, so, yeah, throughout, Rita th- remembers the odd thing, like, oh, well, this, you know, this name came to mind. Maybe we should try and track this person. Maybe that was my name. Maybe, or maybe it's I me, knew her. Yeah. yeah, various things. And the aunt ha- you know, makes it clear she has no idea who this person is. And, like, why is there someone in my house? There is the weird neighbor who seems to be kind of senile or something who comes up and is like, well, someone's in trouble here. There's trouble here. So, like, somebody yeah. needs help. And very then log that, lady. Very log lady. And then it kind of has this, like, bad omen to it of, like, well, if she says there's trouble, then you need you need to get out of trouble. You need yeah. to make sure this trouble is not in your life. And while this is going down, we kind of have two plot lines going at the same time. Yes, we have this parallel storyline. Yeah, we have uh, this director who is just being dicked around by the studio constantly. And they're just like, you have to hire this person. Well, I think it's like the mob at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the like, studio in the, yeah. in the very, like, 70s way. Yeah, studio in the, like, you know, this is a front for laundering kind of way. Yeah. Uh, but they're pointing, it's like, this woman has to star in your movie. And the director's like, she is not starring in my movie. And they're like, well, then it's not your movie. Yeah. And so he's like, well, then I've got a golf club and fucks up their car. <laughs> Goes yeah, home think- and finds Billy Ray Cyrus ball and his wife. Well, yeah, banging his wife, and then he finds out his accounts have been drained, and they're basically like, extorting him to be like, you are going, you're going to do this again, you're going to cast her, you're going to make it convincing that she is the one who needs to be in your movie, and, or, like, <laughs> I guess that's not a good, yeah, or we're, we're going to, like, bad things will happen to you, worse things will happen to you. Yeah. Because bad things have already happened. Yeah. And then he has to go meet the cowboy. Yes. Like, I like stuff how like he that. calls out that it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I have to go and like... Who fuck's the cowboy? Go to some ranch, bring my Stetson and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, he's calling out how fucking lynch that is. Right. And then he goes and meets the cowboy, of course. And the cowboy says some like very cryptic shit. Like, if you do well, you'll see me one time. If you do poorly, you'll see me two times. Two more times. Yeah. He's like, okay, so so in that second time, you're going to kill him, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I got from that. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, they do, the, the, the Betty and Rita, they do track down who this, uh, this name that they remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go into her, well, the first they find that she's swapped apartments with somebody else, one of yeah. her neighbors. And so the neighbor's like, well, she's over there. She was going to go in with them, but then her phone's ringing. So she's like, I don't know. You can go check on her. I don't even think she's home. She hasn't answered the door in a few days. Betty gets in through the window and 
it smells crazy in there. And she uh, lets Rita in and they find a kind of bloated corpse in the bedroom in bed. Yeah, they have a very uh, stand-by-me moment together. <laughs> it's a bonding moment for them. Yes. And so the, whoever this person is, is dead. The corpse effects are gnarly. They are. Oh my god. They did a good job of making it look decomposed. And as they're getting to this apartment, like, they see some guy standing there who looks like a fucking agent or some shit. So they, they right. think, like, oh my god, like, we're being watched, we're in trouble, like, Rita, who are you? Who are these people who are after you? Like, oh my god, this is crazy. Right, because the car crash that kicks it off, that she's in the back of a limo that's driven down and parked on Mulholland Drive, and then the guy turns around with a gun and points it yeah, at Yeah, like, this, like, Agent Smith fucker. Yeah, and then, and then they get hit by the car before... Mm-hmm. he can like kill her like he orders her out of the car and then like this car comes through around the bend and crashes into them yeah so like clearly there's like some kind of conspiracy there's intrigue happening yes yes there is yeah but uh they manage to escape and rather than be like oh shit we have to lay low. well they kind of lay low by fucking fucking uh cha- changing her hair so she yeah. can get blonde they, they like do the like wig. force femme equivalent of single white femaling yes it's also worth noting in this that um, I think right beforehand we get a bit of crossover in the storylines where um, Betty goes to, because she'd been practicing lines earlier with Rita, she goes to a casting yes. and like nails it, like absolutely and, and nails it. And that audition starts out with like once again a, an over the lot, the, like it's not as egregiously done in this movie, but like the yeah. guy's like... The actor she's reading against is like, I'm going to play this close. And then just like... Yeah, you have to stand like so close to me. I'm breathing on your face. Yeah, and just like... And I mean, she leans into it. She she does very well, but it seems very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not a question of can we do it this way. It's just like we're doing it like this. We're doing it this way and we'll see if this like, if you can do it this way. And so she like fucking nails it. They're like, where did you find this girl? Oh my God, she's amazing. And so they want to take her down to meet this particular director. Yeah. And this director is the guy who's being extorted and who is in the middle of seeing this Camilla Rhodes person, yeah. uh, who the, the one he has to cast, mm-hmm. um, trying out and, you know, feigning the whole, like, hey, get the boss over here. This is her. This is the one. So there's a convergence where they're about to meet, but it never really happens because Betty realized, oh, I have to go because Rita's waiting for me. And I said I'd be there. Yeah. So, sorry, we're, we're a little disjointed here. So, <laughs> yeah. So, it's, yeah, some more weird shit happens. And at some point, the cowboy shows up to this dead woman, Diane, that they found. And is like, Diane, it's time to wake up. Yeah. And then we are suddenly in this timeline where Betty is Diane, Rita is Camilla, yeah. the director, rather than being with this woman who he's cheating with Billy Ray Cyrus, is yeah. like, Mackin on Camilla. Yeah. And rather than being, you know... And the Rita Camilla, not the Camilla Camilla. Yes. Yeah. And Rita, rather than being this, like, helpless, like, I don't know what happened to me, is, like, the star. And Diane slash Betty is the one who's, like... Well, she's, like, washed up. She's she's tried, but she just hasn't succeeded. And she's so, like, jealous yeah. Because she's, like, in love with Rita Camilla. Yeah. And is just being totally, like, spurned off for this yeah. director guy. Yeah. And it probably says more about me than anything, but, like, I am way more into dirtbag Diane than I am Betty. <laughs> yeah, trash. it's... What can I say? Yeah, and 
so um and, and then so it turns so betty has oh, sorry diane betty diane not dead diane has um yeah inherited some money from her her actress aunt who has actually passed away and yeah. is, decides to use it to hire a hitman to kill rita camilla yeah out of spite for like having you know like been just like humiliating her mm-hmm. with by like making it with this man in front of her yeah. And the hitman and... is Paul from Dexter, so we get a few Dexter <laughs> alumni in, we do. in these movies. So then, yeah, I, I like I know. So with this movie, I guess David Lynch has said like, well, yeah, it's a cohesive storyline. You just need to like know where to look. And then I guess in the in the DVD from like 2002 or something, there's a card inside that has like I can't remember if it's like six or eight clues. Ten. That's like here's ten clues. Ten. Okay, yeah. yeah. Here's what you need to look for. It has like these kind of quite cryptic, well, half cryptic questions about like. Well, here's how to make sense of it. And so it's like, but it could just be him bullshitting us, you know? Yeah. Because it's fucking David Lynch. Like, Yeah. Yeah, so the master I, of that whole, like, please explain. No. No. Yeah. Would you care to elaborate on that? No. I love that. That's so I good. love it. Like, I really yeah. appreciate it. But it's also like, man. So, yeah, there's thoughts about, like, okay, is this, is the second half or so of the movie, like, the reality? And the first half is sort of, like, Betty, Diane's kind of like idealized like not only of herself but also of Camilla where rather than having this person who is like better than her more powerful than her more successful than her and like not actually really interested in her is suddenly this helpless like oh I I get to be the one who's not only successful and everything but caring for her and helping her and nurturing her and then also the idea that the director rather than being this person who has like stolen her her love is instead this guy who's getting humiliated by his wife yeah the first half of the movie is the fantasy yeah like that diane like, wants yes but it happens before we meet diane yeah exactly there's a theory that the narrative is it, it's like that like mobius strip thing that twisted band that has no beginning and end oh where it's like, yeah of course yeah, where so rather than like parallel universes, it's actually like there is some convergence, but it never really has like a clear boundary of like what's the beginning, what's the end, what's A, what's B. Yeah. Yeah, it's like is it a dream? Is it a fantasy? Is it a delusion? Is it is it a parallel universe? Is it right. is it actually a cohesive storyline and we're just like, you know, we're not on his level? <laughs> yeah. Well, even if it's not a cohesive storyline, I feel like I'm not on his level mentally. Well, and that's just it, right? Like I yeah. will never be. Yeah. And I've made peace with that. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I, I have too. That's interesting. I really like that reading of it. Yeah, like there's so many possibilities. Like yeah. it's really interesting. <laughs> well, they they brought up uh, Bergman's persona in the uh, you know, right. like one of the articles about it. Yeah, because and... you had mentioned that, and then I was like, hey, look, this guy says that too. Yeah, I'm not unconvinced that there's a reading, like the, I, I think there's a reading out there where, because um, you know, Betty is Diane, right? But, like, I'm not I'm convinced that there's a reading that's also Betty as Camilla and Diane and Rita. Right. Because, like, the way scenes happen, that, like, there's so much mirroring where it's the two of them and then just the one of her. Yeah. And, like, uh, I think that ties into the whole fantasy thing, too. Like, there's the, uh, the very tender love scene between them. And mm-hmm. then that is mirrored in the afterwards by her jerking off. Right. Like, it's like... And there's even scenes, like, when um, they find, the like, the box thing, and then, like, Di- or... Sorry. <laughs> and then Betty, like, just disappears. Yeah. Like, she's just gone. Yeah, and well, that like, oh. that's where we get the, the flip. Like, yeah. the box happens, then the cowboy's like, it's time to wake time up. Time to wake up. Pilgrim. The fucking ending, though. Yeah. 
the fucking ending. I remember off the start when she gets dropped off. Uh, Betty gets dropped off in L.A. There's yeah. these old people that are with her, like presumably grandparents or something, who they get in the cab and they have like the uncanny valleyest smiles. Yeah, they're so happy. It's like the fucking Six Flag guy is just in there being a creepo. And it's it's like it's like that scene, that famous scene from Death on the Nile. Where she's like the big fake smile and she's like, there's enough champagne to fill the Nile. And like, it's just so like, unca- and then people are like, well, to be fair, in the context of the movie, she's just like found someone dead and has to like fake being okay and being this like, ho- it's like, yeah, well, but she's, she's doing a bad actress. job of it. I know, right? It's like, also, she's just like, this is camp. Like, like if someone came up and did that to me, I'd be like, oh my God, who died? Literally, like, who is holding you hostage? Do you need help? Communicate, yeah. like, blink twice if you're uh, not safe. <laughs> like, yeah. Christ. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> always go back to something, sh- something, like, shitty happened. You're like, it's camp. Yeah, well, these old people are very camp. They are. And then they, they come out of a little paper bag at the end. Just these little tiny claymation old people. <laughs> and I love that they're little tiny claymation old people. Well, I think a lot of it's rotoscoped, but they look claymation. Yes. Kind of. And uh, they crawl under the door and then get big. And then Diane is so freaked out by these old people that she fucking blows her own brains out. Yeah, she like runs into the ba- bedroom, like pulls the gun out of her bedside table and just immediately like right in the mouth. It's not dissimilar posing to how they find Diane yeah, yeah. when Betty and Rita go looking. No, exactly. Like Diane like woke up just to go back to sleep. Yeah. We've all been there. What a fucking weird movie. <laughs> But I think talking through it like this has made me, I, I, I'm less uh, eh about it yeah. than I was. It's interesting because, yeah, I think there's a lot to the reading of, like, the um, fantasy versus reality, but the order is kind of flipped mm-hmm. in that the, the, the fantasy is what kicks it off before we see what's really going on. Exactly. And Even then, though... like you said, the Mobius strip where it's like, it's a recursive thing. It, yes, yeah, because even, like, one of the things that stood out is when um, Diane is making the deal with the assassin, like, they're at the diner from the beginning, and the waitress, her name is Betty. Yeah, her and name so was this, Diane the first time we saw yeah, her. Exa- yeah, right, yeah, so it's this idea, like, you can see where she'd be picking up the pieces of, like, like what, what the fantasy would be, in, like, what yeah. aspects of reality are being, like, kind of cherry-picked and then reconstituted yeah. into this different kind of reality existence whatever you want to call it right yeah but at the same time if she shoots herself it's like well okay unless she's having this like like this is her like you know seeing your life flash before your yeah, eyes this is the, the when your you brain die. is flooded with dmt and like yes. your dying seconds stretch forever because exactly like, yeah yeah so like maybe it's that yeah or maybe there's just nothing and we're just thinking too hard and it's just vibes maybe the real reading is he's trolling us and like well, that's, you know, that's just it, right? He just loves this. Like this She's is like the, it makes sense to up. me. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> um, what this says about the Hollywood industry is, um, I don't even know. <laughs> like, I was gonna say, like, yeah, kind of like, because I remember we again posing this episode was it would have been like the idea for it would have been a, probably a couple of years after we'd seen these movies. Yeah, so we're like, oh yeah, you know. It's, like, actors, Hollywood, bad shit goes down, Hollywood, ha- like, there's probably something to be said Like, about those Hollywood. elements happen in yeah. the movie to an extent, but they're very much sort of the backgrounding for these events, but I don't think the events are removed from it either, it's just, right. I'm removed from it, that's the thing, yeah, I'm just like, I yeah, can't. Yeah. 
like I can see why thematically we didn't include this, but then when we were actually talking about it, it's like, why do we include this? Yeah. It was fun, you know. It was. Yeah. Yeah, no regrets. Um, yeah, because uh, maybe it's because the fantasy of being an that's actor true. goes so swimmingly in the fantasy version, if that's how we're reading this. Right. Whereas the reality is so fucking grim. It's bleak. Yeah. It fucking sucks, man. Yeah. You know, it's just like when you're cry-gassing about your girlfriend who's marrying the director who won't hire you. It's just like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's bleak. Well. <laughs> so that'll about do it for us on, <laughs> on uh, these movies. Uh, I enjoyed this week. It was yeah. fun to watch. L.A., uh, where, Los Angeles, California, where dreams go to die. Not just die, but, like, be crushed and just, like rot and be painful and malignant yeah and we say that from a place where you, you're not even allowed to have dreams here so you know right yeah we at don't, least, even, we at don't least, even at least reach that level <laughs> at least you can like don't be sad that your dream died be happy that it ever lived <laughs> oh shit that should be on the back of the sign when it's like now leaving alberta that should just be what it says yeah it's like you know go to la where your dreams can like die and become septic christ oh <laughs> uh, shit uh, alright well I guess before we go it's that time recommendation time uh, my recommendation is going to be something that I just rewatched recently and the thematic connection is it's uh, people with stars in their eyes trying to make a go of it and then it just going horribly sideways on them uh, I'm recommending 2018's Climax by Gaspar Noe one of those mm. movies that you know that director that's like I think my buddy Nicole put it best something where it's like, I hate, it's like, I have such a soft spot for terrible male directors, not in that they're bad at what they do, but in the stuff they do just like ruffles so many feathers. Uh. It's just like, like, you know, like, uh, yeah. And it's like, I kind of get that because I fucking love this guy's movies, even though I feel like I shouldn't. Right. <laughs> uh, but Climax is uh, probably my favorite of his, and I would be as bold to say it's possibly my favorite movie of the 21st century. That's Hot damn. That's how much I enjoy this movie, and a lot of it's the banger soundtrack and the killer camera work. Fair. Yeah. But yeah, I recommend it. If you haven't seen it, see it, and then get mad at me for recommending it. <laughs> <laughs> or if you have seen it, you can still get mad. Yeah, that's true. It's a love it or hate it one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with something a little different that, yeah, going to LA to attempt to follow some kind of dream. <laughs> um, going with 2017's Ingrid Goes West. That's a fun and, one. Yeah, a dream that is, I, I think it's, it's different in the sense that the dream already seems very, like, derivative and very, like, kind of, like, fake yeah her aspirations are to be something that like usually is a stepping stone for people to aspire to more right but but it's it's just like i just want to go like single white female this instagram influencer yeah which is interesting (laughs) because when this came out i'm wondering how much like i know influencers existed of course but Mm -hmm. was it its own industry completely where it's just like that can be the end goal as opposed to that is your way up the ladder. Because I think that's it might have just it been started. like I, I I would say yeah, like I don't know if it was quite as like like it might still have been a little more niche. Yeah. Maybe where it's kind of a thing like, oh, this is a thing you can do. Good choice, good choice. Uh I've Thanks. seen it a couple we times. We have covered now. it before. I'm really bad at that. Just being like, hey, what? you know this movie what? that we've already Episode. talked about. I was, it. I was thinking, did we cover this? Do you remember? We did. Um Frick, which one was it? 
It was... I think we also did, like, Like Me. Oh, it, it was a, a Like, Rate, and Subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Like so I was like, I don't actually remember even, like, yeah. what it was about. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you said, like, it's a bit of a weird one, I have expected you to recommend Atlantis for the third time. Oh, my God. On our horror podcast. <laughs> just, just, just going down to the lost city of Atlantis to, cl- to clout chase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like those people that, like, climb the ruins and wreck them to get a photo taken. Yes, exactly. And push them over after so nobody else yeah. can get the same photo. Jesus. Well, that's it for uh, this episode. We'll be back again in two weeks, I'm sure. Is the plan. Yeah. uh, Until then, I guess, take it easy and keep it sleazy.